In today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast, we start a new series called Hot Take Monday, where you guys send in all the possible hot takes that you guys have for the upcoming Detroit Pistons season. Obviously, I'll share some of my hot takes along the way as well. But today, we're doing our first episode of the series. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Stay tuned for today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. We're on our way to 5,000 subscribers. We're trying to get there before the start of the season. It would be really appreciative if you guys did go over there and hit that subscribe button or even listen to this on one of the podcast platforms. Leave a five-star review on whatever podcast platform that is. That's another great way to support the podcast. Um, I have a little bit of an announcement I have to let you guys know about before we get into some of the hot takes. Uh, I'm going to be letting you guys know this every episode until this happens so you guys are aware of it when it happens. Um, I'm getting married October 1st. I'm going to be gone um, from like September um, September 28th to October 5th, I think, somewhere around there. So I'm going to be gone for like a week. Uh, and they're going to have some. We're going to have some scheduled episodes. So they're going to be a little bit out of, out of whack a little bit. I, it's not going to be timely. It's not going to be about, you know, some of the preseason games. I'm thinking I'm going to miss one preseason game. I'm not going to have an episode up for that. You're going to get probably like a, a what if episode or a mailbag episode I scheduled ahead of time. So you guys are going to get that during that week. Just want to let you guys know ahead of time. So when it comes, you guys aren't, you know, shocked or surprised and wondering, Hey, why isn't Koo recapping the first preseason game? I'm, I'm not going to be around. Uh, we're getting married. And then also our honeymoon in the same spot. We're getting married down in Jamaica. So I'm going to be gone for that week. Um, we come back, obviously, I'll talk about all the preseason stuff. But during that week, obviously, it's going to be a little bit scheduled ahead podcast. Just be ready for that. Uh, don't want to catch you guys off by surprise. Um, but anyways, we're going to be talking about all the hot takes that I had sent in from you guys. And I had about 50 submissions from you guys um, over the past week for some hot takes. So this should give us a lot, a, a hell of a lot of um hot takes to talk about for the next few weeks. So every Monday I'm going to be talking about a few. Um, there's one that I got that was just reoccurring. And we're going to talk about that one in the first segment. And we're going to kind of segue it into a larger um, hot take. So first one is going to be basically about Isaiah Livers. And the thing with Isaiah Livers that I got a lot from you guys is that Isaiah Livers, it's either like basically three, three of the same things. One, he's going to become a starter. Two, hot take, he'll be a starter by the All-Star break. Three, he's going to be a consistent starter all year, et cetera, et cetera. So instead of talking about that, I saw one hot take that kind of will – I'm going to wrap up all of your guys' hot takes about Isaiah Livers into one that I want to talk about. And this one's from Sham. Uh, we've had Sham on the podcast. You guys have probably heard of Sham. Follow him on Twitter. Um, I've told you guys my story about how Sham really started helped me start off my career in this space. Um, but either way, he sent in a hot take that I thought was really interesting. I kind of want to talk about it. I think we've kind of hit on it a little bit before with a few guests. But he says, if Livers is good enough to start, he'll be traded before he logs a single starter minute. Now, this is interesting. And you guys know that I'm very high on Isaiah Livers right now. I'm, 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 I'm a big believer in Isaiah Livers. I honestly think that if you're trying to 
win games off off the bat, I feel like Isaiah Livers probably should be in the starting line because you need spacing. And he's going to guarantee you some spacing. He's a great team defender. All those things. We, we've worshipped Isaiah Livers a lot on this podcast. So you guys know I'm a big fan of his. However, you guys have also heard me over the past year, past year and a half, talk about Troy Weaver collecting this treasure chest of assets that, you know, all these young guys, it's not guaranteed that all of them will be on the squad a few years down the line from now. Maybe they're packaged in a deal to get a, a win-now player. Maybe they're packaged in a deal to go get an all-star to pair with Kay Cunningham. Who knows? And we've talked about that a little bit. I don't think we've talked about that concerning Isaiah Livers, though. I think it's interesting, though, because I think Isaiah Livers actually could be one of the more likely players to be traded to a win-now franchise, a win-now team. Not this year. I, I disagree with this hot take, and it's a hot take, obviously. I don't think he'll be traded this season. I do think he'll probably eventually get some kind of starting minutes, whether that's from you know injury, guys sitting out, maybe the coaching staff just feels like he's outplayed people and he gets put in a starting lineup. Uh, I think he will eventually end up in there. So I don't think he'll be traded this year. However, I think Isaiah Livers, actually, I have said this on the podcast before, but not a lot. Um, I think Isaiah Livers is like the perfect guy that a lot of competitive teams would want on their team. And I'm not sure if he fits. Actually, no, I know he fits what the Pistons are doing and what they want to do. However, I think he would probably fit even more on a team that was actually wanting him to utilize his skill set to win games because the Pistons are kind of in developing right now. They're not trying to win games. They're not trying to win playoff games right now. They're in their second year with Cade. They're going to take another development season. It feels like next year is going to be the year they try to start winning some games. And I think Isaiah Livers will be around for that. But in the off chance that one of these guys are traded, I could see Isaiah Livers being one of them because he would help a contender, I feel like, immediately. He's the perfect guy you just put in the corner or you put on the wing, you have him rotate around. He's able to hit outside shots defensively. He's going to be able to switch up. He's going to be able to guard threes. He's going to be able to guard fours sometimes. He's going to be able to scram switch. He's going to talk to guys. He's going to keep his uh, he's going to keep his energy up on defense. He's going to constantly talk on both ends of the floor. I feel like he's just like the perfect connector, and we've called him that a lot on the podcast. A perfect connector. He's not going to be a superstar. He's not going to be an all star. But he's like a perfect type of role player that you want on your team. And I don't want to say that he doesn't fit with the Pistons because they're losing. Because he does. He brings spacing, which they desperately need. He brings good team defense, which they desperately need. A bigger wing who can do both those things, which they desperately need. So skill set-wise, he does bring some things that the team doesn't have. However, I think that you, a lot of people would agree that a guy like Isaiah Livers, who's already 24 years old, who seems like he's... You know, he's not that he's his ceiling, but you pretty much know the type of player he's going to be and the kind of player he is right now. I feel like that player probably would contribute more to a team that needs him to help win games. Right now, he's on the Pistons rebuilding-wise. And again, that's perfect. That's fine. We really like Isaiah Livers, and he'll help next year when it seems like the Pistons are going to be trying to push for a playoff spot, maybe win a playoff game or two. But I do think that Isaiah Livers is probably the player right now. If you put him on a on a Grizzlies team, if you put him on the Golden State Warriors, I feel like he fits perfectly with one of these contenders. I think teams would love to have him. And I think him, maybe more than anybody else, I mean, let me not say more than everybody else, because obviously Cade, um, but I feel like if you're a contender and you're looking around for a great role player, you're missing a key piece, you you just need a role player, you don't want to spend a lot, 
but you have enough to spend for a role player around the league. You're looking around, okay, who can we trade for? I feel like Isaiah Livers would be at the top of the top of the chart right there. He's probably not going to start this season for the Pistons. It seems like the Pistons are going to go for the two big man lineup, which is fine. Teams are probably going to identify Isaiah Livers as a guy who's not starting, who they think if they gave him more minutes would play really well for them. And I could see them 100% being like, okay, that's a guy that we think we could go get who's not being utilized a ton. Maybe he won't cost us a ton to go get. And we think if we put him in a bigger role, he'd do tremendous for us, actually help us win games. I can see that being Isaiah Lewis, maybe more than anybody else, maybe more than anyone else on the roster outside, obviously, Kay Cunningham. I I could see that for Isaiah Lewis. So do I think he's going to be traded this year? No, I disagree with that hot take. Though I do think it's interesting. I think it's something that you guys got to keep an eye on is that, like I said, they got a lot of assets in that treasure chest now. Who are they going to move? Who is going to get moved? Who's still going to be here years from now? And is Isaiah Livers one of the more likely ones to be moved because he's a little bit older than everybody, because he's a little bit more win-now ready than everybody else, I feel like. I know he only played 19 games last year, and there's some concern about the sample size. But I feel like what we've seen from him, going all the way back to college from what we saw last season, he's just one of those guys who's going to be a key rotation player. He's never going to be a star. He's not going to be a superstar, but he's going to continue to be a rotation player, I feel like, for probably in the next like seven, eight years of his career, be simply because of his skill set and his IQ for the game. So just keep that in mind. What players do you guys think are more, most likely to be moved in the next few years if they are to be moved in a trade with a contender or moved to be in a trade for another all-star? I think that Isaiah Livers may be towards the top of that list. Let me know if you guys agree with that down below in the comment section or over on Twitter at Kooky Hill. When we come back, we got another hot take from one of you guys concerning Cade Cunningham. And I think this is something that fans may have to consider happening. We'll talk about that when we come back. But first, I have to tell you guys about a message from NHTSA. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit. It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about absolute buzzkill. Stop kidding yourselves. It's not okay to drive high, and it never will be. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. Again, if you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel and drive. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high and get a DUI. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast. Or you guys can hit the five-star review on whatever podcast platform you guys are listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. If you guys don't hear one of your guys' hot takes, you guys did send one in. You guys don't hear one on today's episode. Again, like I said, there was over 40 submissions. We have well enough to have multiple episodes over the next few weeks just talking about all the hot takes that you guys are feeling if you guys did not send one in you guys want to be heard on the podcast send one in obviously over at kooka hill or on the youtube channel in the comment section down below i'd really appreciate to hear from you guys all right so this is a hot take about k cunningham and i'm gonna let you guys know right now it's not k cunningham's going to win the mvp it's not hot take k cunningham's going to be an all-star this year I don't think Cade being an all-star this year is a hot take among Pistons fans. I think it would be a hot take among like national, uh, a national level. I don't know if anyone nationally would say that. But in the Pistons community, I feel like a lot of people are putting that at like the bar for Cade this year. So I don't think that would be considered a hot take. I feel like a lot of people are actually expecting that for him. 
However, something I haven't really heard fans really talk about is Cade playing below expectations of the fan base. And this was one of the hot takes that was sent in to me by one of you guys. His name is Brent. He says, Cade will play below expectations, but he'll still have a solid year. And Alec Burks will outplay Jay and Ivy through December, if not longer. So we're going to talk about the beginning part of that quite uh, his hot take. We'll talk a little bit about the Burks part at the end. Um, but what happens if Cade plays below expectations? And I think it depends. What is your expectations for Cade Cunningham? I've said before on the podcast multiple times, I feel like this is something that I've becoming pretty synonymous with. I feel like a lot of people know me as this guy now. And basically like the party pooper. Like I know a lot of you guys look at me like, oh, come on, Koo. You got to be a little bit more hopeful. You got to be a little bit more optimistic. And in my opinion, I don't view it as not optimistic. It says I don't want to put too unrealistic expectations on players. for So when they, if they don't match up to those or when they don't, they get bashed because they didn't reach expectations that were unrealistic to begin with. That's why I tried to avoid doing. I don't want to put too high expectations on players that I don't think is realistically possible for them to hit. Do I believe Kate getting all-star this year is a realistic expectation? So let's start there. If you think that Cade should be an all-star this year, that's your expectation. I think this is very likely that he will perform. He will perform under your expectations. And there's one scenario where it won't even be Cade's fault. Cade could come back be a much better three-point shooter. He could be much stronger, which we know he's stronger. He put on about 10, 15 pounds. He could come back, cut down the turnovers, average 21 points a game, seven assists, six rebounds. He could do that next season for the Pistons. But if the Pistons are not winning games, if the roster is not put together right, which we, we've talked about at length, where the roster has some questions, where it does it make sense? Do they have enough spacing? Did they even address the spacing issue from last year at all? They have some issues or some questions, I should say, with their roster construction right now. So next year, if the Pistons are not winning games and they're one of the worst teams in the league while Kate's doing that, he's not going to be an all-star. They're not going to vote Kate Cunningham into the all-star game if the Pistons are losing games. And that's something he can't even really afford. So that's why I haven't put the all-star expectation on him. But I don't know if it's even something he can control. But if you have that for him, I think it is likely underperform uh, underperform expectations like Brent is asking and making a hot take here that he'll play below expectations but have a solid year. If another expectation you guys have of Kay Cunningham, one of the popular ones I've seen, is 20 points a game, six assists, six rebounds. Do I think that's realistic expectation for him? Yes. I, I think that's realistic to expect from Cade in his second season. And to be honest, I think I'm probably expecting that from him too. I told you guys before that I'm predicting I think I did like last week or two weeks ago, I predicted Kay Cunningham's uh, season ending stat line or his season's worth stat line at the end of the year. I think he'll be hovering around like 21, 22 points a game, six rebounds, six assists. I think that is something that he can hit and it should be realistic expectations. So going back to the hot take, what happens if he doesn't meet those expectations? Let's dive down that road real quick. Well, the Pistons are probably not winning games. Like, not probably. They are not winning games. One of the key factors to the Pistons winning more games this year, possibly pushing for a play-in like a lot of fans think they could possibly do. One of the key things, the biggest key thing to them being able to do that is Kay Cunningham taking a big leap. And I, me personally, I don't even know if 21-6-6 six six is a big enough leap for him to get the Pistons in, like, playoff contention. But 
if you have it at that, he has to hit that. And if he's not performing at that level, they're definitely not getting there. So that's what happens if he be- performs under expectations. And if he doesn't perform up to expectations year two, I'm s- assuming that you're probably going to get some question marks from fans. Do I think that will be right? No. I think l- progression is not linear, even though you expect to see guys that are faces of the franchise, guys like Cade to kind of get better from year one to year two. So if they take a kind of a step back or they don't make much of an improvement going to year two, it is usually somewhat concerning. Um, but I wouldn't panic too much. Um, and again, in the hot take, Brent's not, he didn't send in the hot take saying he's going to play like hot trash or something. He just said his hot take is that Cade will play below expectations, but have a solid year. So what would be a solid year? I think a solid year would probably be like, what, like 18, five and five. 19, 5 and 5, I think that would be a solid year according to how expectations are for Cade right now. Do I think fan base would like freak out over that? Um, probably. Um, would I be a little bit concerned if he didn't take enough of a jump to get to 21 a game, 21, 6 and 6, and raise his field goal percentage, raise his three point percentage, become more efficient, draw more free throws? Would I be concerned if he didn't do all those things or at least some of those things? I'd be a little bit concerned if he didn't do all those things or, like I said, some of those things. Um, but I don't think this is a likely hot take. I think Kay Cunningham is going to perform to expectations. I think he's going to average around 21 points a game, six rebounds, six assists. But again, just going into the hot take, that's something I don't think we've talked about. I don't think anyone's really talked about really in the Pistons community is what if everyone's just assuming Kay takes the next step. I'm assuming it. Me too. I'm, I'm assuming Kay's going to take another big step. But what happens if he doesn't? Again, nowhere close to the play-in. Probably one of the worst teams in the NBA top three, top four. And you're probably going to get some questions or some concerns and, and some worry from fans. And you're definitely not going to get uh, much love from the national media. You're probably going to get rubbed off by the national media, but I don't think many people care about that. But that's why I think would happen if K didn't perform expectations. But like I said, I don't agree with this hot take. I don't think this is possible. And I do expect, I'm already expecting K to have a great year. I'm a big believer in K Cunningham. He's going to be a future MVP. I love Cade, so I'm not worried about this hot take, but it was interesting. I wanted to talk about it because, again, like I said, I don't think anyone's really brought that up. What happens if he doesn't? So I just want to talk about it a little bit. Interesting hot take from Brent. Uh, Thank you for sending that one in. Also, he says Burks will outplay Ivy through December, if not longer. And we've talked about that on the podcast a lot. Um, I I think it's probably likely that Alec Burks will be a better NBA player immediately than Jay and Ivy. But I don't think that's a big deal, and I don't think that's a shock. I don't think it should be shocking anybody. Rookies are usually not, if you just removed them from the their rookies standpoint, like you just compared them to NBA players, usually rookies are not actually better than a lot of NBA players. Rookies are can be good for a rookie, can be good for a young guy, but if you're just talking about strictly NBA players, usually they're not as good as everyone else. Usually they are really bad defensively, which is fine. And again, they're just not as good as NBA players most of the time. So would it shock me if Alec Burks was just a better NBA player out the gate than Jay Ivey? No, it wouldn't shock me at all. Honestly, I, actually, I don't want to say it's expectation because I think Jay Ivey could also come in and do some really good stuff. But I, I, it's not too unlikely to me that Burks would be a better NBA player than Ivey off the bat. I think Burks is a much better shooter. Um, right now, I think he's probably better with the ball in his hands in the in-between area. Um, and he's probably a better team defender simply because he has more experience. Like I said, most rookies, Evan Mobley excluded, most rookies are terrible on defense. It just is what it is. Most rookies are not that good. 
defensively. So again, I don't think it's too big of a deal. I don't think it would be too much of a shock. Um, I think if he was just insanely better than Ivy, then you would have a concern. But him being marginally better than Ivy as an NBA player going into December, I don't think that would be too big of a deal. Um, if Ivy isn't passing him up or getting close to passing him up by like February or March, I think then maybe you would have a little bit like, a, okay, is he getting better? Is he like, what's going on? How can we help Ivy a little bit? But no, I I wouldn't panic too much if Burks was better than Ivy out the gate. I honestly probably expect it to happen. I, I again, Burks has been in the lead for a long time. He's a really great shooter, um, and Ivy is a rookie, so it, it wouldn't be shocking at all. Um, let me know what you guys think about that down below. And despite that, by the way, just let me point that this out real quick. Burks could be a better NBA player off the bat than Ivy, and Ivy could still be like in the running for Rookie of the Year. Like that's that's just how I view it. I, I don't view rookies as actual great NBA players. I feel like a lot of us and the majority of people look at rookies and compare them to rookies, compare them to guys their age, not the best players in the NBA or vets in the NBA. So I'm not saying that to diss Jay and Ivy. I think Jay and Ivy could still be in the running for rookie of the year and actually not be better than Alec Burks. When, when, when was the month? December, by the time December comes through. Yeah, I don't think that would be shocking at all. But let me know what you guys think in the comment section down below or over on Twitter, do you guys think there's an actual chance Cade could underperform expecta- expectations? And what would what would your reaction be to that? And what happens if Alec Burks is better than Jay and Ivy going into December? Let me know what you guys' thoughts are on that. Again, in the YouTube section, on the comment section, I should say, or over on Twitter, at Cookie Hill. When we come back, we'll talk about some more hot takes that we got sent in from all of you guys. God, while I'm recording this, by the way, while I'm recording this, you guys have just sent in 30 more hot takes. My goodness. We're going to get over 100 by the time I'm done recording this. Um, we'll get into some of these, though. We're going to try to do some quick hitters, wipe some of these out of here when we come back. But first, you guys got here from some of our lovely sponsors. I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. Or if you're listening to this on one of the podcast platforms, leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform that is. That's another great way to support the podcast. Like I said, we're going to be doing this hot take episode for the next few weeks. Again, I got, we're looking at like 60 submissions right now just on Twitter, only on Twitter right now. Um, So we're going to be doing this a lot. So if you guys don't hear your hot take mentioned on here. Don't worry, we'll get to it. And obviously, I'll, I'll throw in some of my own hot takes as well as we continue recording these. I might do this might do this twice a week. I was going to do it hot take Monday and just do it every Monday, but we might make it twice a, twice a week thing. I don't know. I don't know yet. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, all right, let's go ahead and get to some other ones. This one is from Return of the Bad Boys. He says, six current rotation guys will not be on the Pistons by the end of the year. That's certainly a hot take. It definitely is a hot take. Do I think it? Ha- How likely do I think it should happen? Let's say. How likely? I would say less than ten percent, because if you're talking six, now if you said a few, if you said a few, I I would probably raise it up to like sixty percent because that that would be fair. But six, that's that's a lot of like, you're talking like not just you're not just talking like the the vets anymore like. You're talking one of the, like two, three of the young guys. So like I could see Olenek going, Burks going, Noel going. That's three. 
And now you're asking me to pick three more. Killian, I could see Killian getting moved. That's four. I... God, I, I don't know. because I, I, Kelly Olynyk may not even be in the rotation. Maybe not even Noel. And you didn't... This, this hot take wasn't just six guys on the roster. This was six guys in the rotation will be moved. So that's just assuming those guys are actually in the rotation. I got four. Now... I don't know. Diallo is Diallo in the rotation. Will Diallo be moved? I don't know. I mean, I guess he would be number five. And then Isaiah Livers, the six. I don't think Sadiq's being moved. K, it's not being moved. I don't think even if Isaiah Stewart like were to struggle from beyond the arc, I don't think even if he like like shot under thirty percent from deep, I still don't think they like. I don't think he gets moved. I, th- I think they just say, okay, he's our backup center, man. I don't think he gets moved. I don't think any team is trading for Bagley now that he's on the first year of a $13 million a year contract. I I don't know. I think that has actually less than 10% of a chance. I'm looking through this, man. I, six rotation players, that's a lot. That's a lot to – that's a lot, man. So I'm going to say less than 10%, maybe even less than 5% that happens, unless the Pistons pull off like a trade for Kevin Durant or something and just trade off everybody besides Cave. Then if that case – then I guess you can raise it up to actually, you know what? We're going to put it like 5%. And that 5% literally is only because maybe they get involved in a big, massive trade. That's the only way for like Kevin Durant or something. I'll give that respect to 5%. But outside of that, I don't see how they get rid of six rotation guys by the end of the year. I think that would be wild. Um, but we'll see. I mean, maybe, maybe that hot take comes to truth. Who knows? All right. This is another one right here that I want to talk about. Um, this is the, this is from Jacob. He says, this is the year Marvin puts it together and becomes who everyone thought he would be and becomes in or finds himself in the most improved conversation. Do I think this is a hot take? Yeah, I, I still think it's a hot take, but it is probably one of the more realistic ones that I've been sent. I still think it's pretty hot. It's definitely, uh, it, I, I want to say it's it's scorching. I want to say scorching. But sizzling, it's it's a sizzling hot take. Um, I could see it. I could see it possibly happening. Actually, you know what? Because Bagley averaged fourteen points a game last year, so like I don't think if he just like improves defensively and just like you know shoots fifty percent from the floor, like thirty one percent from deep or anything, has like that kind of improvement, that would be enough for a most improved conversation. So you're looking at he would have to have like big jumps in points wise. So we'd have to be looking at him averaging like 18, 19 points a game, which I guess is not completely unrealistic. It depends on how many minutes he's getting. Like if he's the starting five, I think that might be that that is unlikely, but it's it's still possible, I should say. So I don't know, man. I think he'd have to average like 19 points a game, a double double, and improve somewhat defensively. If he did that, then I could see himself in the most improved conversation, the only reason why I'm saying it's one of the more likely ones I've gotten is one, you guys send me some crazy hot takes. And second, Bagley is such a good scorer and such a great finisher around the rim. And what he he has such great chemistry with Cade, especially if he starts. He's one of those guys who can like score a bucket per minute. So if he gets like 30 minutes a game with the Pistons, I could definitely see him averaging north of like 17, 18 points a game. And, and simply just because off of lobs, off of dump off putbacks, like all that kind of stuff. I seriously think he could just score right off that 18 points a game, especially if he's playing 30 minutes a game. So that's why I think it's one of the more realistic ones we've gotten. It'd be interesting as hell to see him do that. Definitely would warrant his 
contract that he was given make Pistons fans and the Pistons front office probably feel a lot better about him heading into the next offseason. Um, but yeah, it's definitely definitely a hot take. But I could there, there's a universe, there's a far off universe somewhere, a different timeline in this multiverse that I could see Marvin Bagley being in the most improved conversation. Is it this timeline? I we'll have to wait and see. But I can I can see it in a, in a certain timeline in this multiverse. Um, let's go ahead and get to the next one though. Okay. Um, so here's one that I, I've seen a lot as well. There's like probably like. 10 of these submissions all saying the same thing. And I'm telling you guys this right now, that if this happens, like I, I will join a lot of Pistons fans and just being incredibly upset and incredibly disappointed. And it's hot take. Kojo gets more minutes, either gets more minutes or cuts into a lot of Killian Hayes' minutes. And if that were to happen, first of all, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's incredibly unlikely. I think that's a scorching hot take. And here's why one, I refuse to believe that Dwayne Casey and this front office and this coaching staff is going to prioritize playing Corey Joseph over these young guys now, any of the young guys, including Killian, going into this season. I think Dwayne Casey's new Corey Joseph is going to be Alec Burks. I don't think he has room for two of those guys. Like, I think Alec Burks will probably get overplayed a lot. I think you'll hear a lot of complaining from fans about Alec Burks closing lineups and closing games. I think that will happen. But Alec Burks and Kojo? No, no way. No way in hell. That's one. Two, his position is stacked. Cade, Jane Ivey, and Killian. All three of those guys need to get minutes. All three of those guys are a part of the future or need to be found out if they're a part of the future. There's no reason to play Kojo. And the other person at the fourth spot in that guard rotation is Alec Burks. So I don't see how Kojo is getting any minutes there. That's second. And third, this is the year this team has to find out what is Killian Hayes? Is he a part of the future? Is he capable? Maybe Killian Hayes comes out and outperforms Jay and Ivy. Is he the starting two moving forward? Could he do that? Do we move him because he's outperforming expectations? We move forward with Ivy and Cade and we move Killian. Is Killian underperforming? We just got to let this ride out and now not pick up his option. Is Killian underperforming and we got to move him? Is Killian basically staying the same? We're going to accept him as the backup point guard. Like, they got to figure out what they're doing with Killian Hayes because along with him, Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart, their time to pick up their options and pay these guys, it's coming soon. It's not immediately, but it's coming soon. And you're getting to a point where you got to figure out what's up with these guys. You got to figure out what their role is moving forward on this team. Are you going to keep them next year, year after that? You got to figure that out. I feel like they basically already know with Sadiq that Sadiq's basically going to be on this team He's going to be a key part of this team unless he's the key part of a big trade for like a star to pair with Kay Cunningham. I think that's the only way you don't see Sadiq on this team in a few years. So I think Sadiq's basically a lock. I think they feel confident about Isaiah Stewart at least can be, which is a backup center. They're going to obviously try to figure out what more he could do this season because it looks like they're going to play him at the four, have him shoot a lot more threes, et cetera. But I think they basically accept that he's at the baseline, will be their backup center. So I don't know if he's being – you know, big question marks about him, about his future. Killing Hayes does. And the only way you're going to find that out is by playing him and seeing what that answer is going to be. So I don't think they have enough time. They don't, they don't, they can't, they can't play around with that. So because of all those three reasons, I completely think that this hot take that you guys have all sent me, or not all of you guys, but a lot of you guys have sent me is complete scorching hot take. It's impossible. There's no way if it happens, it's, it's one of the more scorching hot takes that we've seen. There's no way I believe 
Corey Joseph is cutting into anybody's minutes. I think Kojo came back to the team because he's accepted this veteran presence that, hey, I'll come in when guys get hurt, uh, a, a rookie is struggling, or a young guy's really struggling. He just needs to sit time, sit down for a second. I'll go in and cover a couple minutes, like that kind of thing, and I'll mentor them in practice, which I think is cool. I'm fine with having Kojo in that role, but I don't think he's going to be cutting into any minutes. If they didn't have Alec Burks, then I think he would. But now I think Dwayne Casey has his own, his new Corey Joseph in Alec Burks, and you can't have two of them. You can't have two Dwayne Casey guys. If you do have two Dwayne Casey guys and that happens, it's going to be a tough watch. It's going to be a tough watch. It's going to be a tough year, especially for the Locked on Pistons podcast because I'm going to be coming on here aggravated and, and just frustrated. But I don't think Dwayne's going to do this to us. Dwayne, if you, Dwayne, if you somehow like listen to this podcast ever – or like you get like sent a clip. First of all, I'm I'm not a hater of yours. I don't hate you. First, I just want to get that out of the way. I think you're a great human being. But second, please don't put us through having to watch Kojo and Alec Burks. Please don't don't do that. I don't think you're going to. Trust me. I, I have more faith in you than that. I don't think that you do that. But if you did, please. Just just please don't. Don't do it. Don't do it. But that's 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 gonna cover it for today's episode, guys. Like I said, we're, we might do this two times a week. We might come back with another episode on Wednesday with just about scorching hot takes that you guys have sent in. We're kind of turning into maybe I might have a guest on. We'll try and make it a little bit more. Maybe I might I might turn it into like a. Actually, I, I have some cool ideas. I'm not going to tell you guys yet, actually. We might do this again on Wednesday, though. So just stay tuned for that. Thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already. Head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast. Or you can leave a five-star review on whatever podcast you are listening or podcast platform you are listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. Again, thank you guys for listening. Again, I'm going to continue to remind you guys that from the end of September to early October, I will not be here. You guys will be getting scheduled ahead podcast. I'm just going to keep saying that probably multiple times for the rest of the month because I don't want anyone to be shocked when you guys get a what if or a mailbag when the Pistons play their first preseason game, wondering where who's been at. I'm going to keep letting you guys know that. But until next time, if you haven't sent in one of your hot takes you want to be heard, send it in. Until the next episode, I'll see you guys later. Peace out, everybody.